I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers at the Ignite Space, the AV room on the lower level. Uh, if you might want to come down, if you're in the library, just go a floor down and, and tour the Ignite Space. I think you'll like what you see here. I have Todd Zimmerman with me. He's a veteran. He's As far as this podcast is concerned, I haven't counted the number of appearances you made, but you made many. He's a Fisher City Councilman at large. And we're mostly here to talk about a group he's heading up. Uh, he's been appointed by the mayor to do this, to explore the possibility of a Fisher's community center. So, Todd, it's, it's always good to have you here. Yeah, thank you, Larry. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, and, and you have appointed your own group. Uh, you're... You've been working now for a few weeks. Before we get into that, just explain for a moment why this is happening now. Yeah, so this is, uh, Larry, ever since um, back when, I think, well before even I ran for office, so back in the town days, uh, there have been iterations of a rec center that have been proposed mainly by a more public-private partnership. Uh, and those continued to kind of fall apart as you get down to the nuts and bolts of it. That it really just wouldn't make sense for either side. And so it's been it's been a it's been one of those areas that we've kind of gone back and forth with with regard to need versus want because we always want to make sure the needs are taken care of. Um, however, this is this has become what we see what we've heard from the community is really a need for the community. Uh, a survey was was uh, was sent out, not our survey, but there was there was a um, another. Um, a consulting uh, firm that actually researched and found out that 65% of our residents, were, I might be off by a few percentages, go out of the city mm-hmm. to for their uh, rec needs, for their for indoor rec need space. And so this is something we felt like, you know, after a long, you know, just dialogue is like, look, let's find out what the community wants. Like, let's, instead of us making decisions just in a vacuum, like what, what does, what do the Fishers residents really want? And I, you are kind enough to share that survey with me. And before we, I want to talk about the results of that survey in a moment, but tell me about your group, how you decided who you wanted to put in this group that was going to work on this, just who they are. Yeah. So, so we had a variety of individuals, uh, Scott Spillman, director of Mudsock. So formerly, so people may not be familiar with that, that name, but it used to be sports. Uh, so it's the rec uh, rec um, for kids. There are very few families that have not. Oh yes, <laughs> so so Fisher's residents should recognize yeah. at least sports. You know, HSC sports, and, was, HSC sports yeah. was the name for years, and then they kind of went to sports because they did. They felt like it was just targeting. You know, some people would think it's just targeting the high school when they didn't understand the HSC actual the entire uh, district. But then, um, so Scott was involved with this. Uh, Sarah Sanquist, the director of Parks and Rec. Um, and a, a litany of people, Tom Rich, who, who heads up the arts committee. He, I mean, just, just a whole host of individuals from the community that, are, that kind of gathered together to, to steer some conversations and to figure out, hey, what, what are the needs from your uh, areas? Because, like, for me, I know a lot of the sports stuff. But I don't know a lot of the arts, right? And, but yet, we, as you'll see in the results, there is a tremendous want, desire in our community for uh, of an arts component. When you look at that survey result, the number one item was a bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I'm an older guy. I sometimes have trouble finding a place to walk. We have a treadmill in my condo community, but it gets very busy during the winter, obviously. Um, 
I'd have to go out. If, if I couldn't use that, I did have to go out of town to right. find a place to get around and walk, mm-hmm. find an, a mall that was open early before COVID. Right. They didn't yep. open early then. There used to be Castleton back in the, I don't know if they still do it, but I used to work at Castleton Mall back in the day, long ago. And there would be tra- just people would come and walk the mall. They're not shopping. There would be actually a group yes. uh, that would go do that. And they know? would open a little bit early yes. as, they, as the people yep. walked, the employees walked in. So I would avail myself of that on occasion. Mm-hmm. Couldn't always get up that early. But the number one item, if you looked at all of them, was this idea of an indoor walking track. Now, you mentioned the uh, other ideas. There was uh, a private entity that tried twice to put a facility in in a couple of different places. Correct. Saxony General Area. A couple of locations were looked at. The city, I thought the mayor was always very adamant. You know, city never had any money in that. Uh, in the second go-around, they even ran some of the bonds through the city, not because the city had any money in it, but to make them tax-exempt bonds so that there could be some way to finance it. And even that didn't work. So it's pretty clear – private sector solution is just not on the table right now. Yeah, it, it, it just, we didn't see it as viable because there's becomes, if we're going to use taxpayer dollars, our firm belief is if you're going to do it, then it needs to be something that benefits the community and isn't directed toward, okay, so we have a private entity for a rat, you know, for a community, mm-hmm. just a community access facility for a place to drive potential profitability from from that, and and also not just profitability, but because those these these facilities don't. I, I'm I know the sports world enough to know these facilities aren't really profit generators. You want to just make sure you break even, and, and and if the you know that that's where the goal would be, but um, the the focus really is how do we make sure we have there's control of this so that the residents have control and not uh, some other entity. And the idea was that the private sector could make their money renting out the space or whatever, and then the city uh, would have access to its citizens to on a walking track. And it just never worked You're out. Correct. So the, that was the number one, the walking track, which I found interesting because that would interest me, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the number two was a big surprise, too, because number two, fine arts classes. There's a huge demand for that. There is. And I didn't know, I didn't realize that. And we had, we had heard I – re, I remember when I first ran for office, I believe it was, was 214 or whatever year it was um, – I heard that from people even back then. I heard – it wasn't a ton, but I heard from people through the campaign trail like, you know, we'd really like to have a fine arts facility. And then a few years ago, there was even a Ball State. There's students that, that created um, models uh, for fine arts, kind of what they would mm-hmm. – to build a fine arts. And, and so you've just kind of seen this story a little bit longer. So we made sure that was part of this survey because – We've heard it enough to know there might be more interest than we even realize. Because you look at the top 10, the fine arts classes were number two, but the event space for like fine arts events, that was like number nine or 10. It was there, but it was, it was a little lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, well, with the fine arts, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, you specialize classes. So it could be like uh, clay, you know, clay working, or there could be musical types of fine arts. There could be, um, you know, and then the space for theater, which which comes to even maybe down the road when we talk a little bit more on this about location of yeah. this facility, because that that too plays into this and how the city can really embrace it. 
Another one was uh, indoor swimming and some recreation, uh, just a way to, to recreate and to swim indoors because the number of outdoor months for swimming are fairly limited in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes along with the indoor track. You know, the Remember, we have probably six months of the year. It's just really not fun to be outside. I mean, you give, you know, even lately, it's been like in the 90s, right? So it's, it's hard on people and it can be even health wise. I mean, people with asthma or whatever, that stuff acts up or just the heat itself gets overwhelming. And then in the winter, go, you know, goes without saying, it's difficult to do a lot of things outdoors. So people were looking for how do I recreate with my family or as an individual? And, and have something indoor where it's climate controlled and it's it's safe and, and affordable and that kind of thing. And that's that's what we see out there. And the first of the top five, the first four, all were kind of focused on indoor activities. But number five was green open spaces. So you've got a demand not just for indoor activity. They want some green open spaces as well. Yeah, think of a place. Imagine a place where you could have a dog park, a uh, walking trail. And then that's as connectivity to inside to a walking trail, a um, you know maybe a lazy river. I don't know exactly the iteration how this would look, but the water park piece. So when I say water park, we got to get out of our minds. It's not it's not like Great Wolf Lodge or right. something like that, right? But it would be something where. Like people that have been around fishers for a while were very disappointed when there wasn't the water park that was going to go in on 37. Right. If you remember I remember that. that very well. Yes. yes. And that has actually lingered in people's minds for years. You hear, we hear this. Even after other activities have been built there, Absolutely. people they, still think they, it's want, they wanted yeah. that and, mm-hmm. and were disappointed that that didn't happen. And so there's that, I believe the results of some of this are from even from of those missed opportunities in the and past. And the dog park was actually the next one. After the green spaces, yeah. But one that surprised me is, uh, and I thought this was a bit outdated. It was popular in my day when I was a kid. An indoor roller rink. That is now that shocked me. I had to ask some some people around, and I I heard from somebody. I can't remember who it was. They said that this is kind of a trend on TikTok. So oh, I don't, I, I, don't I, I don't, right. I so don't know I, TikTok, but that explains it. Right? So I don't know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's just a fad at the moment, right? I don't know what that is, but there, that was, that, that was a, that was a response that came through. Yes. And they talked talk to people responded. They wanted gym equipment, treadmills, weights mm-hmm. inside, but kind of dovetails other things, but they want event space. That's in the top 10, a little lower than I thought, but they want a place where you can have events. You know, wouldn't it be nice if the mayor could make a state of the city address and not have to go to Noblesville? Absolutely. I mean, those those are the kind of things that you're like, or maybe the schools have some sort of function they want, you know, that would help them with some extra space. I mean, having that opportunity uh, provides provides us, you know, the the flexibility to have different types of crowds for events. And when the survey asked you to rate things, that's how they came up with the rating on that. But there was one direct yes or no question. Do you want more arts and culture classes? 71% said yes. That's a high number. Yes, and this, you know, we 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 won't we don't want to say this was a scientific study, but at the same time we really believe this this got a, a broad brush stroke of what the community is. Uh, kind of looked through the responses individually just to kind of see were there trends of maybe somebody went in and filled, you know, filled out things the same. That didn't that didn't look to be. It looked to be really something that people want. I mean, and I was surprised by that, but that's what 
you know, there were several comments when I presented this to the council just in our, our retreat uh, a few weeks ago. I think the comments that I really enjoyed, liked the best were from the from the uh, city council members, my fellow council members that said, you know, this is great that we're getting the community feedback before crafting a project and and getting partnership and buy-in across the board. It's not going to have everything everybody desires, right? It's not going to have every little component, but it's one of those things where they helped craft, the citizens helped craft this. Yeah, vision. and it, 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 you know, cities sometimes, and I'm not saying Fishers does this, because the mayor is very adamant to me about this. They'll say, okay, they'll, they'll put a big program together, a facility. Okay, here it is, and can't understand why nobody comes. Mm-hmm. I think you're and, – and what I want to zero down on one aspect of this because when you hear the term arts and culture and you kind of alluded to this it could mean a whole list of things does your committee have an idea what arts and culture would mean in this context so i think i believe based on getting that there's multiple arts and culture groups you know that and committees and 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 um, people that are involved in it. so tom rich really has had a good handle on because he's he's got that relationship across the board with those the the "Quote unquote players in that those that are really vocal about different types and, and outspoken about the different types of arts, and we think it's part theater, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, part uh, perform performing arts, and and then also classes. So those fine arts classes that people want at all ages. This isn't just for children. This is adults. This is across the board, and um, so it's going to be a." hodgepodge of that and it's going to be areas where they're going to be able to have you know multiple like small class sessions or then a performing type theater and when i say theater we're not let's not you know not not massive scale here yeah we're but, not but talking it, the palladium here. no we're not yeah. we're not we're talking about community theater mm-hmm. yeah and and i think it they do need that space I, I think that's we want to be careful that we're not rating athletics and then you put arts at some lower level because then you 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 really carve out and and to toss to the side people that are extremely valuable uh, to any community. Yeah, and athletics certainly is a big part of these plans. But uh, it is interesting that your group does not want to, as you just said, diminish the arts, diminish the theater, music, other arts that people want to develop. And the fear was from the arts community that that's exactly what was going to happen. And and uh, you know the commitment to this was that is not what's going to happen here. And what I saw from the survey results <clears throat> showed a clear picture to me that the residents want a connection. With their local environment, they want community space, and we do have a shortage of community space in this area. Don't you think? Well, we so we are uh, a lot of the projects seen, you know, that are really hit the front pages are these build, you know, major build outs, right? Or we have, you know, whether it's the yard, which has been impressive, or downtown Fishers as as the revitalization continues, or the as we all are experiencing the traffic right now because of the vision. There's got to be a build, so you got 37 project going on right now. You've got downtown Fishers at 116th Street, uh, and then just a lot of of that going on. But as our uh, as our park system is growing, I think it's about 126 additional acreage that we're going to add to the park system. It's it's really going to create that vibrant feel across the board, and we want to make sure 
that people have access to indoor and outdoor rec. I mean, that is we can create a park, but when you can only use it for you know, I mean, for certain times of the year, it's hard to do that on on certain for certain people. So we want to make sure we have that indoor space. The survey also. I think uh, presents a challenge uh, to your group in terms of planning facilities as you go through this. So I'm going to drill down a little bit on some of this, but just in general terms, what's what vision do you and your fellow committee members have as far as these facilities are concerned? Well, the, the vision is for Parks and Rec and Mudsock to work hand in hand as they as they love to do right now. However, they're not in the same location. Okay, and there's this, there's synergies there that can really take individuals from cradle to aged, and and have opportunities and programming for all ages across the board. As you know, with the whole health department, new, you know, new to the to city of Fishers, what's going to be great is the citizens are going to see. Not just now COVID, but as we as we emerge out of the COVID, I think the health department was that was the you know that was for good, bad, or ugly, whatever whatever people felt about that. We're emerging out of that, and you're going to see wonderful aspects, additional aspects of what a health department can do in terms of like CPR classes mm-hmm. and different types of health classes that can be that can be housed even at the at a rec community center, and then. Um, and then an arts component that goes with that, and we'd love to. I'd love to describe too as well. Well, <clears throat> something came up at that work session you already discussed. Uh, the mayor, I think, the quote from the mayor is: "The current city hall is falling apart, and it's becoming just very expensive to keep it going at this point." And he made it clear this was not something he ever had as a vision as mm-hmm. a mayor, but he's facing this because there's no, maybe no other choice but tear down the current building and build a new city hall. That was pretty clear at that work session. And he also mentioned during that work session and brought you into the discussion as the person uh, heading up this this group on a community center, that the community center may actually be community centers. It could be more than one location. And his idea, at least that he stated publicly, and you talked about this a little, was, okay, if we have to build a new city hall, why can we not, for instance, have uh, an art center, maybe an event center, maybe we can have our city council meetings in the same room where we have arts uh, activities going on at other time, other days and times. So as you plan ahead, is that still uh, under consideration for your group? Yeah, it, we started off this project just not knowing what, you know, we'll just get community response, see, see what, what the needs were. City Hall was not in discussion. I, I even remember a couple of years ago we were talking about City Hall, and it's like I can vouch for the mayor to say there was this was not on the radar in terms of the last thing we really wanted to do was spend money on a new City Hall. I mean, it just wasn't. It's not in his heart for this. That's not in our. That's not really what we wanted to do. However, it is becoming a point where it has to happen, in my estimation. And so as as the mayor and I were talking, you know, we just started thinking, you know, I, I saw emerging out of this survey this extreme want desire for arts. And having a, you know, and as we're considering a couple of different locations, what better place than downtown Fishers for the vibrancy of, you know, an arts 
crawl, for instance, you know, or you have or different types of, uh, of arts fairs or, or anything. And then performing arts, we have the amp right there. And then you could, that's for outdoors. So when the weather's great, that can happen out there, right? But then when the weather's not great or you need to have indoor acoustics and type of thing, there would be an indoor facility. And so we're looking at that as, as options as we, as we shared in that work session of, of you know, rebuilding City Hall and also having the arts center connected to that to somehow – Yep. And be on the same complex. And be on the same complex. Yeah, be on, that, that's, the, that's the initial thought is just be in the same complex. We, there's not a huge need for many offices at City Hall. I mean, he's not – the mayor's not asking to increase staff and he wants more more built, you know, more uh, rooms and all that. It's just – it's sinking. Yeah, he said yeah. the footprint wouldn't change, but uh, literally the, the building is sinking. You know, I – the mayor uh, took me down to where the tunnel construction was the other day, and I was talking to the guy who was running the construction crew at the time, and, and he was talking about the water table that's underneath downtown Correct. Fishers and how they had to use an ir- find the irrigation systems because as they would dig, they would hit this water. And people don't realize that that's, that's a reason that City Hall is sinking because, well, a couple of different reasons. One is the water table. There's some other mm-hmm. issues. And the building itself, what this was mentioned at the work session, is, is a wood construction building. Most mm-hmm. commercial and, and government buildings are built with steel. He basically said the town didn't really, at the time they built this, and that, that was built right when I moved to Fishers in 1991. I think you got here a couple of years earlier. I beat you two years earlier, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when they built the place, it was like one shine, nice, shiny town hall. But his conversations with people who were in charge at that time, they would, did not at that time look at that as a permanent facility. It's kind of a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. And it's lasted longer than people thought as a wood frame building. So once that's torn down, and well, before it's torn down, the plans will obviously be in place. Um, so that's that's on the table, and that's what I wanted to, to clarify with you here. But here's the other part of this. Um, how would you, and just as, as somebody who's been looking at this now for several weeks, months, do you have any idea about the size and scope of the facility or facilities if you're in more than one location? Yeah, we really don't yet. So I, I wanted to have that kind of ready. I think that's probably our next conversations once we once we iron it out because the key here was okay, we we got to find out what the what the need is. Uh, instead of trying to develop something that we think the need is and then put it into a certain box, right? Also, as what arose from this survey was, as I keep pointing out, was this arts uh, component that we didn't know would be so high. And, and it felt like it wouldn't do justice to build a box and try to put a few courts in, a few office rooms, right? And then, okay, arts, you can have this as shared space, but you got to get your stuff out and somebody else is going to use it. It didn't feel like it would do justice. And, and, and so with the need, the desire, and we think what will create uh, even more vibrancy with downtown Fishers is to have a separate place for them. Okay. The other thing I, I think about in terms of that is location. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, I'm sure you've looked at a lot of possible locations. But if you look at what the survey said, people want indoor and they want outdoor, which means you're going to be looking at a lot of sp- 
mm-hmm. land, I guess. Does I mean, you're looking at one of two things, either looking at land that the city already has in its inventory or going out and trying to secure the land that you need. Do you have any idea where you want to go with that? We're not 100% sure yet. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, we wanted to make sure we knew what the desires were. That's going to help us formulate how big this needs to be. And and yes, you're right. We're going to need some outdoor space as well because I, I feel like it would do a disservice to the community and those that even fill out the survey. Like, this is what we want. Oh, but you're going to do something else, right? But th- we want to make sure we're, we're servicing uh, the residents. So, yes, there's going to be a, quite a bit of land needed for that. Um, so we're looking around trying to figure out where's the best location you know, land isn't cheap, uh, as you know, and uh, looking at what's in our inventory versus what's not our in- inventory and the best possible location. So there's there's several spots we're looking at, but uh, it's it's we want to make sure that it's somewhere where all the residents have pretty good access to. And that will be a challenge, won't it? Yes, it'll, it's a, it'll be a challenge, yes. Do you have a general timeline on how this is going to move forward yet? Well, you know, first, obviously, this would have to be approved once once we get um, architects, planners to look at this and give us give us a, a rough estimate of where we're headed with this. Then we'd have to present to the city council, and then then once they'd have to approve or not approve one way or another. Uh, if they approve it, the time frame, you know, we really would like to have something under construction early part of next year as, mm-hmm. as an aggressive as an aggressive move. So you would need to design well before that. So we would need to design before that. So that's that's what we'd like. However, I don't want to make any promises, but we because unfortunately there's been a lot of failed not so many, I want to say promises, but just a lot of carrots out there dangling for people. So I don't want people to feel, okay, yes, this is what's going to happen at this time because there's still a lot of hoops to jump through and make sure we get this right. Because my biggest concern, and I'm the one in the steering, you know, heading the steering committee, but my biggest concern to share with my fellow council members and to see whether they agree with this or not is what is the operational cost year to year? Right, we can build this. We, there won't be a problem with that. What we got to look at is what are the operational costs. We got to make sure this is something that we don't lay on the shoulders of a future mayor and city council twenty years down the road that they're going to have to are cash strapped and they're going to figure out what to do and how do we operate this. So we want to make sure the model's built the right way for a growing community. That's probably we're probably going to hit about one hundred twenty thousand residents or so in the next ten years. And we need to we need to make sure we're built for that, so we don't build something that the residents can't get to because they're just we're too overcrowded, right? But we also don't want to go extravagant where you you've got uh, cash strapped. Yeah, uh, the mayor's made this point too, boy, that the fire station is planned out on at the 136th, 136th and Prairie Baptist Road. Mm-hmm. That's now those people out in that area have been clamoring for a fire station. They'll get that. What the mayor's always said, and that relates to what you're saying, building the building is one thing. Usually funding that can be managed. It's staffing it. It's getting the the EMTs or whoever is staffing the ambulance. It's the firefighters. It's the support people. You know, that's the real expense, and that's an ongoing expense year after year. So what I'm hearing you say is you do expect some 
staffing footprint at this facility that the city is going to have to commit to for the long term. Yes, I mean if we're going to if we're going to operate it then that's that's going to that's kind of come along with it cuz you have components if you have a if you have a pool or water feature that adds components. Um, if you know, maintenance, I mean, there's just a lot of things you have operational in terms of just scheduling uh, different classes and organizing those things. I mean, there's there's a whole lot to this that we don't want to just stumble into, but we want to make sure it's it's planned out appropriately. Yeah, if you ever meet the lady who does the scheduling for uh, mud sock sports, that's a big job. Oh, it's yeah, she's uh, an amazing it's, lady. It's, yeah. I lived and breathed that for years, and I just I didn't have to do that for them, but just as a coach going in and having to figure out where to go, and you know the basketball program alone for the rec for mud sock rec, they have and thankfully the schools are great partnerships. So when I'm saying this, this is not talking down about the schools at all. It is. But you would have – if you have multiple kids playing basketball uh, in the winter, you go to Durban for, and then drop them off there, go to Riverside, go to HIJH. or you, All these different schools are all spread across really the county. I mean when you talk about Durban, you know, it's outside of Fishers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that – if you could bring them together – and have a place that's centrally located where, where families can be there and they can drop their kids off for practice. Imagine dropping your kids off for soccer or, 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 or basketball practice or volleyball or whatever and then, like to have, and then go and take an arts class or CPR class while you're there. Mm-hmm. I mean those are the things that can really change a community. Yeah, and I think the, the cooperation between schools and the city with, in terms of – and, and HSC Sports now Mudsock – if you look at their cooperation, we would not have these sports programs without the cooperation of Park and Rex at, at Fishers and, of course, the school system. They all have to work together. Yeah, yes. So far, they have. But what you're saying is we can make this a lot easier. Well, easier on them because they work really hard. And it's it's so challenging for the rec sports. It's challenging for them with fields and, and courts and, and that, not because people aren't willing to help. It's just because logistics. I asked the mayor about this in in a a recent podcast I had with him. I said, Mayor, you now are challenged with planning to fund a new city hall. Now you're also challenged with funding this community center or centers, or maybe there's some synergy, but there's still all of that that has to be done. And I asked him, is this can this be done? Because his concern is how do we do all this without placing an undue burden on the taxpayers? And I must say that here's a man who taught public finance at IUPUI before he became mayor. He does understand this as well as anybody I know. And his answer to me is, well, I've been sitting at home running some numbers. And I thought, okay, I can just sort of imagine that. So, again, this is not exactly what you're doing, but budgets will limit what you're able to do. And the mayor will have to tell you how much is going to be available at some point. So you are confident that budget-wise, this can all be done? Uh, absolutely confident. I mean, we, we've looked at we've looked at some uh, quite a bit. I mean, I know Scott spent a lot of time, the mayor spent a lot of time uh, looking over our finances. Uh, he lives and breathes that, you know, and then presents to city council for our approval and any different types of budgeting concerns. But uh, this looks like we have an opportunity to do some amazing things. And emerging out of COVID, I would have thought a year ago, if we asked this question, I'd be concerned about where we would would stand based on everything that has gone on. However, we're in a very good situation. And I think when we're able to share all of that, it's going to be very pleasing to taxpayers 
the opportunity here um, and and um, and not burdensome. Well, I've asked all the questions I can think to ask. Uh, you're uh, still in the planning stages. Looking, You looked at the survey. You've got committees working on this. You'll all be coming together. Uh, anything you would like to add that I didn't think to ask? Yeah, I just I, – I just – I thank the steering committee, those that were involved. Um, I didn't list all of them here, but even um, Jake over the YMCA. I mean, really just, – just really giving some great feedback – uh, through the process of just asking the right questions, uh, asking the hard questions, making sure that they're, the voices from all sorts of segments of our community have been heard in this. And I believe everybody has felt like they've been heard. And that, that's, that was the biggest thing. So I just, I just want to thank all of those that, that took the time out of their own days uh, and weeks and months, really, that we've gone through this to, to make this a great opportunity for fishers. So I can't wait to be back to share more details uh, as soon as we have them. Um, but as you know, with anything, with you know, it takes. With you've been around government long enough, it takes a time. But we we want to make sure we get this right, and and I am willing to take the time to make sure we get this right. You know, you mentioned the YMCA and Jake over there, who I know. I th- I think that uh, the Y is a great example. Just how look at how busy that place is. And and people do pay for memberships. Yeah. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. Really, it's pretty competitive. It's not a huge uh, membership fee every month. But look at their gym and how busy it is. Look at their water programs. Look at everything they do. Some of what you're proposing is being done there, but they can only do it to a certain scale. And I do remember very clearly when I first started covering the town of Fishers, I got a whole backgrounder on how Fishers – was able to get that YMCA because every community in this area wanted that YMCA. And it was the Y that did all the market research and looked at the future projections of who's going to be there, how many families, age. It was the YMCA organization, the overall organization that chose that location and chose Fishers, which says something about us. Absolutely. They they believed in us, and, and it, I think it's paid dividends. Todd Zimmerman, you're a Fisher City Councilman at large. Today, we were talking about your role as an appointee of Mayor Fadness to work on a new community center or centers, depending on how the final plan looks. Uh, thank you again for joining thank us. Thank you, Larry. Today. I really appreciate all that you do. Thank you so much. Yeah.